Today we'll be looking at an aspect of the Holy Spirit, the indispensable ministry of the Holy Spirit, you could say. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is indeed uh, indispensable in our lives. At Pentecost, we remember when the Holy Spirit was poured out in that upper room in Jerusalem. Before Pentecost, uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon individuals and yet would not necessarily stay upon them. But at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out and now the Holy Spirit lives in the heart, lives in the lives of believers. We have, the scripture says we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he stays with us, never leaving us, nor forsaking us. And today the, we will be looking at the indispensable ministry of the Holy Spirit from the book of Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, we see... And by the way, we won't get to all the verses in the chapter today. We'll start at the beginning and see where it takes us. But we see the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives today as believers, a new way of living. And so we're going to start in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. So let's pick it up where it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for at, at all, it says, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Notice the very first word of this verse. It says, therefore. Therefore. And therefore is a connective word. It connects the, the, the present thought to the whatever was spoken before that which is being written right now. Now, Romans chapter 8 precedes Romans chapter 7. And in Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking about this wrestling match, you could say, uh, uh, with the flesh, uh, fleshly desires. Uh, but then at the very end of Romans chapter 7, uh, in verse 25, and I'll put it up in this, on screen in just a moment, but at the very end of that uh, passage, Paul describes where the victory comes. In fact, let's look at that. He says again in verse 25 of Romans chapter 7, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin, uh, uh, the law of sin. Notice what I, I made four words bold. Notice I made I myself and my flesh. You see, Paul here is describing when he's describing two aspects, I myself and my flesh. But he takes ownership of I myself. He makes it personal. In other words, that's who I am. And in that, he's describing the, Paul, him as a new creation, the real him, the true him. He says, I myself. On the other hand, he says, my flesh. Not as personal. In other words, it's not him. Why? Because his flesh died in Christ. That's the teachings of, of the new covenant. That in Christ, the old nature died. And so Paul in Romans 7, again, he's describing that old battle with the, with the flesh. But then at the very conclusion of, of the chapter, he said, he, he, he's highlighting that the true Paul, the true him, I myself, is a new creation in Christ. And that old nature, in other words, the flesh, it died in Christ. It no longer lives. In other words, it has no power, no sway, uh, unless, of course, you, you give it. And that's what we're talking about today, the ministry of the Spirit, this new way of living. But, but he says, you know, I myself, I'm a new creation in Christ. My flesh, it died. Uh, it no longer lives. And so that, that was the springboard in which which we get got to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, where he said, therefore, therefore, now there's no condemnation at all in Christ Jesus. I love that word when he says in Romans 8, 1, he says now. In other words, right now, right now. And you can make this for yourself. 
You're in Christ Jesus if you're a believer in him. And so you could also say, right now, I myself, no condemnation. You see, that's the starting line for every single believer. The starting line. The starting line is that of no condemnation. Paul goes on in other parts of his teachings that we're completing Christ, lacking nothing. That's your starting line. That's the starting line of every believer. No condemnation in Christ. And of course, you know, we... We grow in the discovery of that, of the reality of who we are. You know, so that's why we teach. That's why we preach. So that every believer will, would know the fullness, that we would all know the fullness of who we are in Christ Jesus. And in that discovery of who we are, there's transformation. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing. And how do we discover who we are? Well, we do so in discovering more of Christ Jesus, because as he is, so are we. And so our teaching, our preaching, especially here at Celebration Church and good gospel teaching, puts the focus and attention on Christ. Because as we see him, as we get to know him, we discover more of ourselves, because as he is, so are we. So therefore, it not, should not be that surprising that there's no condemnation for the believer, because as he is, so are we. And there is no condemnation for Christ Jesus. He is fully righteous. He is fully loved by the Father, and so are we. And, and the scripture says, the, as we behold Christ, the more we get to know him, but as we behold him, we're transformed from glory to glory. Just in other words, we're transformed into who we already were. Remember, at the starting line, now we're complete in Christ. And that is the springboard for this wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 is all about the ministry of the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus. Indispensable ministry. And it teaches us a new way to live. How to walk in the Spirit. So let's, let's keep reading. And Romans 8 and uh, verse 2, where we're going to read in a moment. It's actually the only verse in the chapter we're going to get, the only extra verse we're going to get to today. There's a lot of beautiful verses, but, but let's read this and let's dissect it here because in this passage we begin to learn how do we, who, have been, who are believers in Christ, who are complete in Him, how do we live that life out? How do we connect with the Spirit? How do we walk with Him? How do we flow with Him? And how do we make the most of the ministry of the Spirit in our lives? Romans 8 and verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has. Notice that word, and well, I'll keep reading. I'm not going to belabor it, but has. It's past tense. It's done. It's a done deal. This is not something we attain to. It's something that's already done in Christ. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. He had it. You've been set free from the law of sin and death. How? And who, well, it was how is through Christ Jesus. But we've been introduced into a new law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In other words, you could say Jesus introduced a new law, the law of the Spirit of life. It's a new law. The law of sin and death is a. It, it, it was very real, but this new law, the law of the Spirit. It, it's a, it's a greater law. It has greater power, greater I I efficacy in our lives. You know, in the natural, we understand different laws. For example, the law of gravity. The law of gravity says what goes up must go down. The, if, I, if I jump off a building, I, I'll go down. But, the, but, the, but physics teaches us there's other laws. For example, the law of aerodynamics. And if you tap into the law of aerodynamics as per that law, you don't have to go down, you can go up. 
when you get in an airplane, uh, 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 certainly gravity says you should go down, but the, because of the law of aerodynamics, you can go upwards or get in a rocket ship, you can go upwards. And so there are, there's, there are certain laws, but then there's greater laws that transcend. And so when it comes to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it is a greater law that transcends the law of sin and, and death. And as believers in Christ, we have died to the, to, to, to the law of sin and death, and we have been brought into this new law, a new way to live, a new law that transcends the old and that we can tap into and live in victory in victory over the sways of that dead flesh. By the way, the flesh is dead. It's, the, it's who we were. Uh, and yet sometimes, like, you know, they say in the natural, if you cut off your toe, uh, which I hope you'll never do, and I hope I never do, but there can be sometimes phantom feelings. And in other words, it feels like it's there, but, but it really isn't. And in some ways, that's, that's a description of the flesh and the tendencies of the flesh. Uh, it's dead in Christ. But sometimes, you know, the unrenewed mind can, 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 extend, can experience tendencies like an amputated toe, if you will. But it's, we must remember it's dead. It's dead in Christ Jesus, and we've been introduced to a new law, a new way of, of living. The law of the Spirit has introduced to us a new way of living. It's a new world. It opens up new potential. But as we as believers, as we start our journey, remember, we're complete, but we're starting our journey of discovery of this new life. You know, there is no past track record that we can draw information from in our own lives because it's brand new to us. And so, and in many ways, this new life of the Spirit runs so contrary to the way we lived in the past. And so how do we acclimatize ourselves to this new way of living, living by the law of the Spirit of life? Uh, in, in the same way, you know, if you, if you knew nothing about aerodynamics and suddenly, you know, all you knew is gravity and someone su su suddenly told you, oh, you know, you can go up instead of down, you know, it's going to take you a little bit for your mind to wrap around it. In some ways, that's how the life of a believer is. It's, we call it the renewing of the mind as we get into scriptures. But, but we, 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 we're so used to living life one way, but now we've been set free from that way into a new way of living with unlimited potential, a new world. And, so, and it runs so contrary to the way we used to live. So how do we learn to live that way? And this is signifying the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit teaches us how to live from the life of Christ within us. In the practical aspects of life, the Holy Spirit draws the life of Christ out of us, teaching us how to flow with that life that already is in us. But the Holy Spirit draws, us out, draws it out of us. And what our part is, our part is to believe. Our part is to believe that we're totally new in Christ Jesus. Remember Paul said in, in, in Romans 7, 25, I myself... I'm not my flesh. I myself am a new creation in Christ. We have to believe we're totally new and to believe that we're totally loved and forgiven. You know, in that believing, it releases the Spirit of God to work in our lives, to bring out victory in our lives. It releases this new law to work in our lives. You know, the opposite of believing that, those two premises, which, was in, which again was emphasized in Romans 8, 1, the opposite of believing that is to believe the temptation or the trial we're facing has power over us. The temptation has no power over, over Christ Jesus. And, and, and as he is, so are we. The temptation has no power. The, the, the trials that we face have no power over us. And so, but the opposite, this is, this is this, when we believe that it is power, it hinders that law from operating. We have to believe. Believing what we're a shameful, unloved wretch 
that, 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 that's, no, we have to believe we're loved in Christ Jesus, that we are the beloved of the, uh, of the Father. And in so doing, we release the Holy Spirit to work in, in our lives. The Holy Spirit draws the life of Christ uh, from within when temptations and trials come, and temptations and trials come to, come to every, every person. It could be a temptation of pride. Uh, it could be a temptation, you know, fear, doubts. Uh, it could be gossip or slothfulness. If you read the seven deadly sins, you know, gluttony is one, or it could be lust. I don't know. You know, when you talk about temptations or trials, people, you know, they often, people like juicy things. So they often go to that type of, type of thought. Well, they're all, they're all, they're all temptations. And so you, you take your pick. I'm not picking on any one of them today. I think, you know, a new creation in Christ Jesus just wants to walk in victory, wants to walk uh, in liberty. And so the important part I'm teaching today is putting our focus on the life of Christ within us and the work of the Holy Spirit to draw that life out. Uh, 24-7 in our daily lives to draw it out as parents and as, as husbands and wives and as grandparents and whatever, and the roles that we have, the Holy Spirit draws that life out. Our part is just to be, simply to believe. Believe that, you know, the temptation, the trial, it has no power. The power of Christ within us is so much greater, so much more powerful, and we are loved. No condemnation, we are loved in Him. It releases the Spirit to work in our, in our lives. Temptation has no power over, over us. Now, this is a key, so very, very important to walking in the Spirit, walking in this liberty, walking in this freedom. Catch this, write it down, if you will. It is more powerful to say yes to Jesus than no to the temptation. It is more powerful to say yes to Jesus than no to the temptation. Now, if you're thinking about it, obviously, if you're to say yes to Jesus, there's a built-in no to the temptation. But sometimes the, you know, the Christian life and the way it's been taught is all about this no focus. No, 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 no. Say no, 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 no. But there's a problem. If the emphasis is all on no, our focus is on the temptation we're trying to say no to. And what we're focused on grows in strength in our lives. When we say yes to Jesus, in other words, give our amen to him, put our focus on him, it produces transformation, even of desires that we might have in our lives. And he replaces them with new desires, evil replaced with, with good. But this tendency to be no focus permeates religious teaching, even some Christian teaching. This, this idea of just no, 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 no. And it's cultural, of course. Back in the 80s, Nancy Reagan, pre uh, uh, wife of the then president, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, she had this slogan, the drugs were a problem in America at the time, and she had this, came up with a slogan, just say no. Uh, I'm not here to debate that. I don't know if it worked or not. But the reality is just say no is... You know, it's not the pathway for victory for a believer. Of course, we as believers want to say no to temptation. Absolutely. But simply no, no, no focused, it's a pathway to defeat. It's a path just simply try, 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 fight harder, try harder. But notice all the focus is on the temptation. All the focus is on what we don't want to do. It, it leads to defeat. You know, recently I was visiting Pastor Peter and with my son Leo. And I, as a parent, my son's four, and I was trying to get my son, uh, the toddler, to do something. And as toddlers often do, he was refusing. And I was saying, Leo, I want you to, you know. So what pa Pastor Peter did, he, he's, a, he's a, as he says, a sly old fox, but uh, not old. No, he doesn't say that. A sly fox, wrong way of saying it. But anyhow, uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, Pastor Peter. He's coming up shortly. He'll correct the record. But, but he, said to, he said, here am I trying to get Leo to do something. He said, you know, Leo, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know what, my son, with, and I'm not exaggerating, within less than 30 seconds, my son was doing exactly the thing he, that Pastor Peter was telling him not to do. It tells you something. But anyhow, you see, there's something inwardly in, in, in us that rebels against that, you know. And so, there, again, there is, of course, we want to say no. That's not my point here I'm trying to make. But my point is it's more powerful to say yes to Jesus than it is to say no to the temptation because the no simply makes stronger in our lives that which we're focused on. And so when we say yes to Jesus, it releases the indispensable ministry of the Spirit. It dispenses that new law of the Spirit that we transcend over the law of sin and death, yeah, just like their law of aerodynamics over gravity, and we begin, to, we begin to live in victory. You see, again, we're not denying temptation. But we're saying there's a different approach to it. I, just like I don't deny gravity, but there's a different way that we can handle it. We can use the law of aerodynamics to fly higher. We don't deny temptations out there. That would be foolish. But there is a law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Christ who lives within us, that's greater than any temptation you'll ever face in your life. Uh, See, no simply draws on our own willpower, the willpower of the flesh. No, no, no. Uh, that's nothing more than dead religion. Get rid of it. Again, we're all about no, but the yes to Jesus, it, it, we soar over those temptations. Desires change, and we begin to live in victory. This is the power of the Spirit. In Romans 8, we'll continue on with many verses uh, later on in other sermons, and we'll get to many other aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit. But remember, on Pentecost, he said, you'll receive power to be witnesses. And certainly, a uh, great majority of that is proclamation of the gospel, but even just our life, our witness, and how we live our lives. There is power in our lives. Too many believers are wrestling with the flesh, wrestling with temptations and desires. Say yes to Jesus. The no will take care of itself. The no, uh, uh, that'll happen. You'll soar over it like wings of eagles. I can say no to gravity all I want, but when I jump, I'm going to go down. But when I say yes to aerodynamics, I fly. When I say yes to Jesus, the spirit of life takes over. I begin to walk in victory. You see, yes draws out the true you. You know, again, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Remember what Paul said, Romans 7 and 25? He says, I myself versus my flesh. My flesh is not the true me. That's dead in Christ Jesus. I myself, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yes calls out the true you. If I could, I'm looking at a camera right now, but if I could see your face, the true you is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every gift has been made yours in Him. And Jesus says yes to every promise. And so a yes calls out that new nature. You're bold. You are victorious. You are strong. That's who you are. And when we say yes to Jesus, in other words, putting our focus on Jesus instead of the temptation. Again, whatever we focus on gets stronger in our lives. And believe him. Believe he loves you. Believe he's forgiven you. Believe he, God's on your side. Believe when you... You're looking at the face of the Father and He exudes love towards you. You know, that'll set you free from that spaghetti bowl of 
confused thought. You know, some people trying to fight temptation on their own, they get so messed up in their thoughts, like the spaghetti bowl of thoughts, and it, you know what spaghetti is like, it's all twisted and turned, and you don't know which way you're turning. Stop fighting and rest in the love of Christ, rest in his victory, rest in who you are, and begin to focus on Jesus. Transformation comes as we behold him. Remember what I said, it's more powerful to say yes to Jesus than it is to say no to temptation. In other words, just be who you really are. You know, the scriptures talk about that. It says, dear children, be imitators of God your Father. You are a child of God. You have his new nature. Now you can begin to act like it. It's as natural as ABC. You know, my son, you know, he, he just starts to, you know, he takes on characteristics of me. Hopefully not the one that I described earlier where he was saying, you know, responding to, don't do this, Leo. And he did it. Hopefully he learned something better for, than that from me. But, you know, children start to take on characteristics of their parents quite naturally. You see, when we begin to see how loved we are of the Father, His children, we begin to imitate Him. It's very natural. This living the life of Christ, walking in the Spirit, walking and not according to the flesh, it's actually meant to be a rather relaxed lifestyle. Just being who we are, imitating our Father who loves us, it's not this inward, endless struggle, this endless fight. You see, when we begin to see it this from this manner, we begin to see trials and temptations in a whole different, whole different light. You see, God allows trials and temptations to draw out of us the fullness of Christ who lives within us. We're complete in Him. But the, the, He allows them to draw out that life. You see, you can't show off, show out the power of God in a vacuum. You know, we all love the story of Lazarus, for example, and how he was raised from the dead. But he wouldn't have been raised from the dead unless he had first died. You know, we love the miracle story, but there's always that, you know, without the, the death, there wouldn't have been the resurrection. We love the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. But without despair on one side, the joy of the Lord really can't show itself off in, a, in as acute manner. But when somebody's been through a despairing situation, been through trials and difficulties, and then they're walking in the joy of the Lord, whew, that is powerful, right? You know, or, or you take whatever area, weakness. You know, the scripture said where we're weak, we're made strong. Well, without the weakness, the strength is not as visible. But, but so in the same way, the trials and temptations are allowed to show off God's grace, his goodness in our lives. We can embrace him. That's why James chapter 1 and 23, uh, James says, uh, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials and temptations. You say, well, how can I be joyful when I face a trial or a temptation as certain translations say? Well, because we can begin to expect the life of Christ to begin to manifest in our lives. I think of Moses in the scriptures. You know, as a young man, remember, he, he got kind of full of himself. He was walking in pride and he thought, I'm going to deliver the Hebrew people. And he ended up killing an Egyptian and had to run away. And things, he made a great mess of things. He was walking in pride. But later on in his life, the scripture says of Moses, he was the meekest man and he walked in great meekness. In other words, he was transformed by, by the, tempt the trial he went through transformed him and he became actually quite strong in that area. And so we can rejoice in trials and te uh, temptations, recognizing that the area where we're weak will actually be made strong by the grace of God. And maybe it's pride that you deal with, or maybe it's slothfulness. Or, you know, I, I don't want to pick on the different temptations that so often preachers do because people like juicy stories. You know, a temptation is a temptation is a temptation. Relax in that. No, don't relax in that, you know. But I'm saying relax in the life of Christ. He loves you. And, and, and the same way that I or any one of us will walk in victory is the same way that we all will. 
in the life of the Spirit, soaring higher as we begin to believe that which He has done. The Spirit, the Scriptures tell us that where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. You say, Nathan, I'm, I'm watching today and I don't feel very free. I feel kind of bound up. You know, it's possible, especially through these last year plus of isolation, that, you know, again, it's, 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 a, it's a greater discipline. Let's be honest. It's a greater discipline when we're isolated from our church family physically. To, to, you know, there's a certain built-in discipline when we come together in person. There's, a, there's something there that we have to focus on what's being said. And there's a, there's a camaraderie. There's a account, built-in accountability with your neighbors there at, at church. And, you know, all that's a beautiful thing. That's why we're called to worship together, to assemble together. And so over the last year, it's possible that our focus has gotten, you know, drifted this way or drifted Drifted that, drifted whatever way you feel. I, I don't feel so free right now, Nathan. Well, recognize this. Where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. The Holy Spirit has come. Pentecost message to us today is that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the scriptures tell us that when Christ, when we believe on Christ, the Spirit, we're sealed with the Spirit and the Spirit lives within us. You, there is freedom today found in Christ Jesus. The scripture says, but maybe you say, Nathan, I don't have the power. I can't find the strength. Well, the scripture says that, the scriptures tell us that when we fail in our own strength, the spirit of God, there's power. Not by might, not by nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so I want you to count today on the power of the Holy Spirit drawing out the life of Christ. Whatever battles in your mind, most of the things we battle, they're in our minds. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit is drawing out the life of Christ today. The life of Christ to give you victory over whatever you're facing. And I've talked to several individuals over the last couple of weeks, and maybe that's why I'm preaching this way, this message today, but who have that desire, and I believe you're watching today, we all have that desire to walk in the Spirit. We begin our journey walking in the Spirit. Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Recognizing that we're in Christ, forgiven, accepted, and we're a new creation. The old tendencies of the flesh, they died with Christ. When they begin to pop their, their little head up like a little whack-a-mole, just whack them back down because it's dead. It's like a phantom itch on your toe, the toe that's been amputated. The toe is no longer there. It's a phantom desire. It's a phantom temptation. Recognize it for what it is. Relax in the life of Christ within, within you. Say yes to Jesus. Get, you know, the no is built into the yes. Stop saying no, 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 no. Stop focusing on that. Begin to focus on Jesus, who is your strength, who is your deliverance, who is your righteousness, who is your life today. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, there are individuals today that are, that are believing God for freedom in a certain area. But first, I want to, I want to offer you today you know, the, I don't, not me offering, Christ Jesus offers you new spiritual life. Jesus came in human flesh. He took on our, our frame. He became sin on the cross. He died, but he rose again. And today he offers new spiritual life. This new way of living that I'm preaching about today, a new way of overcoming the tendencies of the flesh and temptation, it starts when we believe in Christ Jesus. Believe that he died, he rose again, and he's here today.